Thank you, Brother David, for leading that song. We sang that Wednesday night, and I couldn't get it off my brain all week, and now it'll be there again. Love that song. Thank all of you for being here this morning. May we open our hearts and our minds to accept some things, I hope, from the Word of God that will be interesting and profitable to us. I want to begin in Hebrews 1, verse number 1. God, who at sundry times and in diverse manner spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. I want to call your attention some words in those verses. God hath spoken. God speaks to us, but do we listen? And as we think about that, I have a challenge from the apostle to all evangelists. He said, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word, be instant in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. I have a challenge as I stand before you this morning to speak and preach those things that are the word of God. The great apostle said as he wrote to the church at Corinth, and many times we read this verse as we assemble around the table of the Lord, where he said, I have received of the Lord that which I also delivered unto you. And then he went on to talk about the communion, but I want you to think about that verse. He said, I received it from the Lord, I delivered it unto you, and then what are we going to do with it? In the 14th chapter of that same book, in verse number 37, he said, If any man think himself to be a prophet or spiritual, let him acknowledge that the things that I write unto you are the commandments of the Lord. So these things that are in this book are very important to us today. And with that in mind, I want to begin a little study that I call the Ministry of Reconciliation. Well, I skipped a verse and just threw me off. I apologize. First Thessalonians 2, verse number 13. Paul said, For this cause also thank we God without ceasing, because when you receive the word of God which you have heard of us, you received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth the word of God which effectually worketh also in you that believe. So we today have this book that we call the Bible, the Word of God, the truth of God. And when someone stands in this pulpit and presents it unto us, we need to understand that's not that man speaking. If he gives us the Word of God, that's God speaking to us today. And therefore it becomes of great importance. Now I began in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Look at verse 17 and 18 with me. He said, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself 
by Jesus Christ and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. Paul said he had a God-given responsibility. He called it the ministry of reconciliation, and that is to reconcile people back to the fellowship and the favor of the Lord God himself. So then when we think about this verse, and as we move on into our study this morning, I notice that ministry of reconciliation is of a great important subject to us. Then I go looking again. He said, if any man, that becomes of importance. This ministry of reconciliation, he said, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. So what we're talking about this morning, this reconciliation is something that will apply to any man, anywhere, anytime. So if it applies to any man, then I simply ask, do we believe that Jesus Christ can save and forgive sins? If so, can he forgive any sin, regardless of what big we think it is or how little it is or maybe even one of those little white lies we talk about? Sin is sin and needs to be forgiven to God regardless of how we measure it up. Jesus said in Matthew 11, beginning at verse number 28, he said, come unto me all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest under your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The invitation of Jesus Christ resounds across America, across the world today. If you will come unto me, bring your load of sin and ungodliness and find peace and harmony with Jesus Christ, your Savior today. So we are reconciled unto God by Jesus Christ. Look again with me in the book of Hebrews chapter 7. Verse 24 and 25. But this man, because he continueth ever, hath an unchangeable priesthood. Wherefore, he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. So Jesus ever lives to make intercession for us, for the people of this world, that we might find and enjoy that reconciliation with God our Father. In Timothy, the first book, the second chapter, verses four and five, the scripture said, who will have all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth? For there is one God and mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. God wants people to be saved. The only way that we can be saved is to come to him through Jesus Christ. That's the door. Did not Jesus say, I am the way, the truth, and the life? Did he not say, I am the door? There is no other way to get to the Father except through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now we're back into the Corinthian letter again. 
Notice, and he said, all these things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation to wit. I love those words, don't you? We just use those every day. What do they mean? Well, another translation says, namely. Another translation said, that is. And if I were going to say to you today, the ministry of reconciliation, and here is what it is. Then he's going to give it to us. That God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. When you think about this promise, my brothers and sisters this morning and my friends, if you're not reconciled with God, this is the greatest of all blessings that God has bestowed upon humanity. God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. That involves every person that's in this audience today. We have either accepted to be reconciled to God or we have rejected it. I don't know where you stand, but I hope you have received that reconciliation with God your Father this morning. The Apostle John gives us the same beautiful picture in the book of 1 John chapter 4. Anyway, in this was manifested the love of God toward us because that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. Herein is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the perpetuation for our sins. Another great description of God's love for every one of us this morning. Not that we love God, but that God loved us and gave his son to be the sacrifice for our sins. No greater love could God have for me, for you, for anyone else than to give his only begotten son. Can we begin to understand such magnificent love? Such great love? I don't understand it, but I treasure it with all of my heart. Sin separates from God. In the book of Isaiah chapter 59, verses 1 and 2, Behold, the Lord's hand was not shortened that it cannot save, neither his ear heavy that he cannot hear, but your iniquities have separated between you and your God and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. Sin separates from God. I don't know how the writer could give us any better description of what sin does for us. Comes between us and our loving Father. But do you know, you can pray from now till doomsday for God to come into your heart and save you. But what does this little scripture say? Now we know that God heareth not sinners. 
But people all over the world are admonishing to sinners to pray for forgiveness. Accept Jesus into your heart and pray this little sinner's prayer and you'll be saved. What did Jesus say? What does the scripture say? Now we know that God heareth not sinners. But if any man be a worshiper of God and doeth his will, him he heareth. I think that's a very sobering thought. Sin separates between us and God. One more scripture. In the book of Galatians chapter 5, this has been read in this audience over and over and over, and I just want you to think about it one more time. Where he said, Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. Of the which I tell you before, as I've told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Sin separates from God. And he lists these sins. And he said, people do those things won't inherit the kingdom of God. And we look at that list and we begin to think, oh, adultery and fornication. Oh, that's terrible. But what about you get down to where he said, just envy. Are you envious of someone else and their blessings? Do you hate someone? You know, some of the things that we think are small and trifling are listed right along with the others. And he said, they shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, I'm not here to condemn anyone this morning, nor am I here to judge anyone this morning. But look at what the apostle said, for the wages of sin is death, and the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Sin separates today. If you're guilty, involved in a sinful condition, you are separated from the love of God presently, not in the day of judgment. The wages of sin is, that's present tense, death. Separation from God. But the gift of God is eternal life. Present tense. Well, that would be another subject, and I'm going to leave it right there. Look in Romans chapter 1 and verse number 18. He said, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. What does the Lord think about sin and ungodliness? The wrath of God is revealed against those things. Psalm 7 and verse number 11. The scripture said, God judgeth the righteous and God is angry with the wicked every day. And I call these verses to our attention this morning that we get to the point that we understand the great need of reconciliation. To wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. 
And Paul in the same chapter said, If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. So if all of this is in Christ, I simply ask you this morning, what's outside of Christ? Have you ever thought about that? Outside of Christ, then we are not reconciled with God. But look at what Paul said in Ephesians 2 and verse number 12. That at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenant of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. There's the condition of being outside of Jesus Christ, having no hope spiritually, having not God as you live outside of Jesus Christ. If you're there today, please consider where you are. In the book of the Colossian letter, verse, chapter 1, verse number 14, Paul said, In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. So how can this reconciliation be made with God? Through the blood of Jesus Christ. That's the cleansing power. That's what forgives us for our sins and puts us in a relationship with God the Father. Romans 6, verse 3 and 4. He said, Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in the newness of life. When we are baptized into the death of Jesus Christ, something miraculously happens. What happens? What happened in the death of Jesus? Go back and read the story of his crucifixion. After that he had died, the soldier came, was going to break his legs and saw that he was dead already. And what did he do? He took a spear and thrust it into his side and forthwith came blood and water. In the death of Jesus Christ, the blood was shed. Paul said we are baptized into his death. Therefore the blood cleanses us from all sin and we arise to walk a new creation in Jesus Christ. Notice Galatians 3 and verse number 27, where the apostle said, For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. The door is Jesus Christ. We are baptized into Christ. When? Notice these verses in Romans 6, verse 17 and 18. He said, but God be thanked that you were the servants of sin, but you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you, being then, when? Being then made free from sin, ye became the servants of righteousness. What did they obey? 
Remember, we read the first part of the chapter. They were buried with their Lord in baptism. They arose to walk in the newness of life. Those things are essential for our salvation. So when did all of this happen? When were they reconciled to God? When they were baptized for the remission of their sins. Now notice, in the 19th chapter, or the verse of the chapter where we are this morning, to wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath given unto us the ministry of reconciliation. Committed unto us the word of reconciliation. I'll get it right in a minute. So when you think about this, not imputing their trespasses. Now, keep that in mind, and let's go to Hebrews 8 and verse number 12. There the apostle said, For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness, and their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. I don't know about you, my brothers and sisters, but that's one of the greatest promises in this book. When we are forgiven by God of our sins, our iniquities, they will never, never, ever be remembered against us anymore. I hope we rejoice in that. And then in this same verse, look at verse 20. Now when we, now then we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be you reconciled unto God. Paul said, I'm doing the inviting, I'm pleading with you, I'm begging with you, but it is as if God himself were pleading with you to be reconciled. May we make such a plea this morning that if you haven't been reconciled, in your life with God, then you have the opportunity. I want to ask you a question. Why? Why was Paul making such a plea for these people? Look in the same chapter. Back up to verses 10 and 11. He said, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that every one of us may receive of the things done in the body according to that which we have done, whether it be good or bad. Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. But we are made manifest unto God, and I trust are also made manifest in your consciences. He said, there's a reason that I'm pleading with you. There's a reason that I'm begging of you. We're all going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. 
And he said, knowing the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. May God bless you this morning. He said, we are made righteousness of God. Look at verse 21. For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. I was looking at this this morning after I've put it all put together and before I came to church and, and another scripture came to my mind and I didn't put it on the slide. But Peter said in Second Peter 2 verse number 24, who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree that we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. We are made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He, Jesus, was made to be sin that we might be made the righteousness of God. In the book of Isaiah, chapter 61, verse 10, said, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God, for he hath clothed me with the garments of salvation. He hath covered me with a robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decketh himself with ornaments, and as a bride adorneth herself with jewels. What a description. When we lay aside our sin, that we simply obey our Lord in the humble act of baptism. And God wipes away all of our sins. You know, the man came to Saul of Tarsus. Jesus had told him, you go into the city and it'll be told you what you must do. And then he spoke to Ananias and he said, go over there and tell him what he must do. And he came to Saul and he said, Saul, why tarriest thou? Arise and be baptized and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. If you have not done that this morning, you have the opportunity. The congregation is ready, willing, and able to help. And if you have obeyed the gospel and you have fallen short of your responsibility, you need to confess some sin unto someone and pray to God for forgiveness. We invite you to come while together we stand and sing.